0: I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, um, and I probably will continue to do it, but it's not a mistake if you've learned from it and you've developed yourself. Um, the, it's the only way you're gonna get better is to make mistakes and embrace them, fix them, learn from it, move on. The moment you stop, and the, my view is anyway, the moment you stop and cry over spilt milk and beat yourself up on a mistake or something that's gone wrong, is when you're gonna stop developing.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Running From Comfort. Today's show, our guest is Rex Afrasiabi. Now, Rex is the principal of a law firm called MA Legal, and as you'll hear from the beginning of today's conversation, he is the reason why I originally moved to Melbourne from the small little hometown of Hobart. Now, Rex has a lot of interesting insight not just about business, but about life in general. Rex is somebody who has seen success in his life. You know, he's somebody who runs a law firm, he has various other ventures, and he also runs his own charity, which we talk about towards the end of the podcast. But what I think we can learn from Rex today, more particularly, is the mindset that he's been able to use to achieve his success. And now some of the advice he gives um, may apply more to some people that are entrepreneurs in their own right or business owners. But even if you are not an entrepreneur, I encourage you to listen to today's show because a lot of the advice that he does give is applicable if you take the context of what he's saying and apply it to whatever else you're doing in your life. As well as that, this is just a great lighthearted chap, and we get stuck into some interesting topics. So look, I hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you do, do not forget to give this a rating and a review, please subscribe to the show if you want to hear more. And finally, if you are listening on your smartphone, take a screenshot of you listening to your smartphone and upload that to your Instagram page and tag me out at Galloway's underscore take, and also tag out at MA Legal. Let them know that you're listening to today's show. All right, I hope you all enjoy. Let's get to it. Okay, and we are live. So welcome to Running From Comfort. Today is a very special episode. I have the man who gave me the opportunity to move to Melbourne. He took (laughs) me out of my little quiet home in Hobart, where I was sitting there living nice and comfortably, playing far too many video games, and brought me to the big city. So, Rex, welcome. How are we today?
0: I'm <laughs> um, well. I didn't realise I've done that for you.
1: <laughs> hey, no, really. So, I mean, I'll just talk briefly, because I don't want to talk too much about myself, but part of my mindset was, coming out of law school, was I wanted to be a lawyer in Hobart, I wanted to be close to my family, my friends.
0: And um, I ruined that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> But And then, the other thing I was doing, probably playing too many video games, like I said before... Was wasting probably too much of my time, and the weird thing was, a couple of weeks before the opportunity arose, I had this random thought in my brain like, "You're going to move to Melbourne." I was like, "What?" And then two weeks later, I get the email. And you're like, "Hey, do you want some work experience?" And I was like, "Oh, what?" Spur it up, and it worked that well. I hope you're
0: enjoying Melbourne.
1: I am, no, I'm absolutely loving it. Um, I'm really liking it. Every day is like a new adventure. Every day feels like it's full of different opportunities and I'm so grateful for that opportunity. So thank you.
0: Pleasure, there's a lot to see in Melbourne.
1: Oh, there's plenty to see. So Rex, why don't you start? Tell a little bit about yourself and what exactly it is that you do. (laughs) <laughs> I do
0: a lot of things. Uh, my name is Rex Afrasiabi. I'm the founder and principal of MA Legal, one of the principals of MA Legal. Uh, mid-sized law firm, about 20 people. We predominantly a business law firm. Um, so we do business, commercial, uh, property, litigation and family law uh, and some estate planning that comes from that. Um, from there, personally, I've got various other ventures and interests in other businesses and developments and stuff like that. And that's about mean in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, and so tell us a little bit about your journey. So, because I believe, when, when did you start this law firm again? How old were you? Uh, the law firm is 10
0: years old. Um, prior to the law firm, I worked at various other law firms, um, m- small to mid-sized law firms. Um, the last law firm I worked at was a firm in South Yarra, Great firm, great principal there. Uh, He represents three people in the BIW Rich 100 list, so it was really nice boutique, very high-end work. Uh, At the time I was single, Um, they shared, in the same building was a fashion company um, called Blur Optics. They do all the, I'm not sure if they still do them, um, but they used to do at that time, all the optical sunglasses and optical designs, manufacture, and production for some of australia's largest fashion brands that's assassin by c foley akira some other brands that they had um friday night drinks turned into a job offer for them so and an audi tt convertible at the time which was a great car at the time uh as my signing bonus um, <laughs> oh yeah so nice <laughs> bonus it was a good bonus um, so that started that journey so i left law briefly, and joined them as a general manager slash legal counsel. From there, we took over manufacturing a lot of trips around the world for fashion shows and stuff. So, um, both optical um, events, um, as exhibitions, as well as fashion exhibitions for SAS and for Biden, things like that. Great experience, um, great travel. Um, if you're single and you're going to all these events, it's kind of fun as well. Um, <laughs> It burns you out to some extent, though, because everyone says traveling is great for work, especially going to all these, you know, New York for Fashion Week or something like that. Sounds great, and it is. Um, But you go there, you land, you're jet-lagged, you work long, long hours, because during the day you're at exhibitions, at night you're at dinners and then parties or whatever the case may be. Um, And then you're up again the next day, you do it again. Fly back to Melbourne, still jet-lagged, and any work and emails you've had for the last week that you missed are still there for you when you came back um, and you're just chasing a tail trying to catch up. And by the time you catch up, you're off again to another event. Um, just
1: quickly, um, was there anything you did in order to get yourself back in the working zone from that burnout?
0: Um, you just keep pushing through. So yeah, you just keep working through a lot of coffee. A lot of uh, coffee. A lot
1: of coffee. I do remember you like your coffee. <laughs> I
0: do. I'm sitting here for a large one in front of me now. Uh, a lot of coffee and a lot of um, no, working through weekends, working at night. It just You keep working through. Work needs to get done. Just because you've been away for a week doesn't mean it stops or someone else does it for you. When you get to a certain level, you're the last person that has to approve stuff or
1: do stuff. So it
0: just keeps going.
1: And how many hours a week on average would you say you're working just...
0: I don't even know where to start. Depends on what you define as work. So most of the stuff, most things I try to do myself, I don't define as work. Even now till to today, I don't define what I do as work. So I enjoy it. So if I'm out with dinners and parties and stuff, yeah, some people might classify it as work because it's with clients or what have you. I don't. Um, so for me, it's a big blur, but... When people complain about forty hours a week, sometimes I laugh at that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's been forty hours a week is quite manageable. But I guess what you're essentially saying is you loved what you did, so in that way it didn't necessarily feel like work. Is that exactly?
0: Yeah, and same till today. I just I won't do anything I don't enjoy um, or feels like
1: work. Okay, interesting. So then, what made you decide to come back? into law
0: come back into law I had a lot of choices when I was coming back to law. Um, my brother-in-law was a partner at a big law firm st- um, and you know I could have gone to a bigger law firm or other law firms um, so I've never burnt a bridge so I, I had a lot of options in my under my I suppose in my hands. Um, for some reason I decided to set up my own law firm back then uh, and that's where MA legal was born. Why
1: did you choose to start your own firm over joining a bigger firm? Was there any reason behind that? or
0: um, I don't... And look, I've still got a lot of friends who are partners at the big firms. Um, my personal view is it uh, depends on the firm. Um, I didn't like the politics
1: necessarily. Okay. So you decided to, I suppose, make your own firm so you could create your own environment. Is that...? Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, and if you create your, I mean, look, hindsight's a great thing, and I don't regret what I've done, um, but by doing that, I've not only created my own environment, but I've created my own opportunities outside of law as well, where if you had a bigger firm, you may have more restrictions on that.
1: Yeah. So, and getting to that, I remember um, one of the first conversations you had in your office uh, when I came to Melbourne, you were telling me about success. And something you said to me that really resonated with me was this idea you said, Use law as your bread and butter, sorry, bread and butter, <laughs> and then use that as to take your opportunities into ventures and other things that you know you're interested in, you're passionate about, your hobbies. So, can you tell me sort of like a bit about that and what other ventures you've gotten yourself into?
0: Um, look, I say that to not just law uh, lawyers, but also to anyone that owns a business. Um, a business is great. It can provide you a phenomenal cash flow. It does give you wealth and all that stuff, but real wealth cannot necessarily be created by a business, and it's always good to diversify some of your risks. So, In the past, until today, I still do my developments, I do other businesses, I've got interests in other businesses as well, not just to diversify my risk, but also it gives you an opportunity to get involved in another business, um, if you've got the right partners in another business, it's fantastic because you can work out an arrangement where they can do the day-to-day or be, um, manage a day-to-day for you. Um, you've still got an interest in it and you, you've got your own responsibilities to that business. Um, and from that, you can create wealth. You can multiply your wealth factors. Um, so highly recommend it to anyone because having a business can be, and it is, great cash flow depends on the business but most of the time it is Um, but just being stagnant and not exploring other opportunities is probably what a lot of people do and don't push themselves or don't want to take the risk it doesn't have to be risky it can be calculated and it doesn't mean you jump into the first venture but by having your eyes open to other ventures when the right one comes along you want to jump on it Most people are a bit scared, I find, that I want to venture into another business. It's easy for me to say, because I'm a lawyer, because I know how to get myself in and out of stuff and I don't have that as much fear, I suppose, but doesn't mean anyone can't do it. And just having your eyes open to it. um, And look, there's a lot of ventures that I get come across my desk on a weekly basis that I don't jump into, but there are a few of them that have been fantastic and would highly recommend.
1: Yeah. And out of those, do any of them kind of like align with your outside of interests and hobbies?
0: Uh, Not really. My outside interests and hobbies requires, uh, I call it active meditation. So anything that blocks out the world for me. For me, that's racing motorcycles around a track or racing cars around a track, anything that goes fast or boxing. Um, And not just hitting pads, but like more sparring. If you're inside a ring with a guy, and you're trying to hit each other, you kind of block out the world. <laughs> or if you're going around and fill a pilot at 200 kilometres an hour, you kind of block out the world, because if you don't, you're going to hurt yourself pretty seriously.
1: Okay. I don't know which one to ask you about first, but um, in terms of boxing, have you actually... Um, so you said sparring, but have you actually taken part in a fight in an amateur level or pro level at all?
0: Um, I've had three fights set up. Once I uh, tore a calf muscle. uh the second one, I had a child and pulled out. I was supposed to do one this year as well. It's it's not ruled out, but um, it's somewhat it's on my to do list, and I will do it. I just um, when life permits, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and when because it come- you've got to block out at least eight weeks of your life and just focus on that. Yeah. Just the fight, yeah,
0: yeah. Training, running, whole up.
1: Is there anything particular that uh, draws you to boxing, or I've always been a I
0: suppose, a martial arts fan and a boxing fan, In at the start of my martial arts journey, not that it's much of a journey, um, I did start wanting to do mixed martial arts, uh, and I was doing kickboxing, jiu-jitsu and the like. Um, it was just too much to take in when you try to take all of it in, and jiu-jitsu by itself is so consuming and takes so long to develop any sort of skill set um, that... I found boxing to be I don't want to say easier because definitely not easier, but it's at least two hands and that's it. And some well so you don't have legs and groundwork and things like that.
1: Yeah. So there you go. If you ever stumble across Rex, he's not just a lawyer. to don't ah, cross hardly, him wrong. He can throw hardly, it down. Hardly, <laughs> but <then. laughs> And in terms and when it comes to the racing, so you said you're driving around Philip Islands at two hundred kilometres an hour, how How frequently do you engage in the racing?
0: I used to do it once a month, um, at least. Um, Since the birth of my child, it's really diminished to about a few times a year now. Um, So I'm part of... So I do it both on motorcycles and on cars. I've got a specific track car that I use for that. Um, And I've got... I I sold my... I've still got motorcycles, but my track bike I did sell because a friend of mine late uh, last year was riding and a bird flew into his chest. His mom, he's my best friend actually. Um, and he was flown into Alfred Hospital and this and that. So as a result, all of us sold our dirt bike, uh, our road bikes, our track bikes, I suppose, our sports bikes. Still got a Harley, still got my dirt bikes and stuff. Um, but at the moment, I don't have um, a race bike or sports bike. Yeah. That being said, I've got I'm um, going to fill a in a few weeks for a track day, but we're just going to hire one of their bikes. And this is with a friend who was in intensive care for a week.
1: So he's so he's made a good recovery then. he's Made
0: a good recovery, uh, and he's now getting back on the bike, literally.
1: Um, he was not letting anything stop him. That's that's great at least. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we're we've got a Philip Island day um, penciled in for a few weeks.
1: And is there anything in particular in terms of the racing? Is there something about that that you really enjoy is it something to do with i think you said blocking out the world or
0: active meditation so it's you know you do it not just the, the heart is pumping and but your mind is just in that moment it's so you've tried it, you can't really experience it and especially look cars are great um nothing beats being on a bike
1: yeah and i think uh, I've heard about this, um, Rupert Sheldick was on London Reels podcast, he was talking about how athletes get into like this zone of like meditation or like higher consciousness where it's like pure focus, so I think maybe that's kind of what you mm. might be experiencing, which yeah, I find that it's quite interesting. Mm. But yeah, so in terms of your career thus far, um, what are some of the challenges or challenging moments you've had and how have you been able to overcome those?
0: The biggest challenges in anyone's career, especially as you get going, I suppose, to a higher level, and you've got people to manage and uh, expectations to fill, um, is people themselves. <laughs> Managing people is probably the difficult, most difficult challenge any business owner or manager has. Um, everyone is different. To find some, to find the right balance to motivate them, get them to work and um, be productive is is the challenge.
1: Yeah, so in terms of that, did you already have the people skills in place or did you find yourself developing those types of skills over time?
0: Look, everyone's got their own management style and I think that's from what they have in place. I don't think um, you can teach someone to, to perform in a certain way or act in a certain way. Inherently, they're gonna have their own characteristics that's gonna come out. So if, for any managers, I'd always say just follow your instinct, but put yourself in the other person's shoe as well. I mean, if you don't want to be treated like that, don't treat them like that.
1: Yeah, so it's all about empathy at the end of the day, I suppose. It
0: is. It is. And so it's about teamwork as well. Um, just because you're a manager does not mean um, you're a boss of anyone, in my opinion. I think it should be a level playing field. It just means you've got more responsibilities and you've got to clean up the mess if something goes wrong.
1: Yeah. Um, one of the quotes I heard um, recently was talking about being a manager or a boss. And it was, I think it was, it was Gary Vaynerchuk that said this. That's right. He said, when you're in a position where you're managing people, it's not that you now have people working for you. Like, let's you have 20 people working for you. It's you now work for 20 people. Would you agree with that statement? or?
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It is a team. Um, for anything to work properly, in my opinion anyway, has to be a team people don't come to work because of wages or, I mean, yeah, that's underlying fact, I suppose, but they're not gonna be motivated because of money. And if you if, you're, if you have your people there because of money, they're not the right people for you.
1: Yeah. So in terms of that, I suppose what you're saying is money is not like a good motivation in like any sense. Would you say that or?
0: Look, money is, I suppose it's required, it's a lifestyle. Um, but the motivation for for myself has never been money. Um, if if my view is that if you focus on money, don't do it. Um, you know, there's got to be a passion, and money does not bring you passion.
1: Yeah, and in terms of passion, what is it that you're that makes you passionate about law, or what you do in the legal industry? What?
0: The legal industry is fantastic if you wanna help people. It it is also, look, there's various law firms that do various things, uh, and I know a number of other principals that wouldn't necessarily agree with me, but genuinely, I do what I do and I love what I do because I genuinely feel like I help people. Um, You know, when anyone comes to our office, they've got a, not a problem, but an issue, a matter, and our Our way is to get to a solution in the most cost effective way for them. Um, And if you do that, they're going to be so happy that they'll always come back and they'll send their friends. And the moment you stop doing that, when you stop, when you say, look, let's focus on myself, not the client, I think that's when you're going to lose.
1: Yeah. So for you, winning is all about helping the person, helping your client.
0: Yeah. It's the most rewarding thing in the world, though. Yeah. someone's very happy for your results and thanks you and so grateful nothing beats that
1: no nothing does and i suppose like i would and i'd agree with you in the sense that when i first set out to study law um, part of my motivation was okay i want to use whatever i think my skills are in a way that i can help other people so that's what sent me on that path myself so mm-hmm. yeah and it definitely is an industry where i think you can help people i think sometimes Lawyers maybe get slightly a bit of a bad reputation, or it's all about money. Or... Sometimes
0: it's deserved. You, you, know, yeah. you know, a few lawyers that deserve that reputation, and then make make the rest of the industry look bad too.
1: Yeah. Okay. So looking back on your career, I think you maybe already addressed this, but I just want to make it clear: Did you have any regrets in your career at all, or?
0: I'm a unique individual in my mindset that I don't believe in regrets. Um, sounds weird, but if you've, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, um, and I probably will continue to do it, but it's not a mistake if you've learned from it and you've developed yourself. Um, there, the, it's the only way you're gonna get better is to make mistakes and embrace them, fix them, learn from it, move on. The moment you stop, and the, my view is anyway, the moment you stop and cry over spilt milk and beat yourself up by a mistake or something that's gone wrong is when you're going to stop developing so yeah i've made a lot of mistakes in my life probably will continue to do it um but i think it's a good thing
1: yeah and i guess at the end of the day failure breeds success as you said you can learn from mistakes now i'm going to slightly put you on the spot here but is there any mistake you can think of that um that you got a great learning lesson from that maybe you could share or... Uh,
0: look, mistakes happen. Many mistakes that I've done. What was the question? Sorry.
1: Sorry. So uh, so my question was, do you have maybe a mistake or like a favourite mistake that you got a great lesson from in hindsight?
0: <laughs> a favourite mistake? I don't know if I've got a favourite mistake. Uh, <laughs> Going back to motorcycles, I went on the track one day at Philip Island and my mind was, uh, I just got, so Philip Island, how it works is every, every hour you're on the track for 20 minutes and you take 40 minutes off to clear your mind. During that 40 minutes, I was on the phone with uh, work, organizing some sort of, uh, I think it was a litigious matter, so there was a dispute. Jumped on the bike, not a clear mind. Second, uh, lap, in, second lap around, came off. Ooh. Uh, hurt my shoulder relatively badly. Um, bike was half totaled. Um, lesson to be learned don't ever go on something with a clear mind.
1: Yeah. And if you're going um, racing motorcycles at what, 200 kilometers an hour, keep your work phone off. <laughs> yeah,
0: pretty much, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. And do you have any advice for your younger self?
0: Uh, work hard, stay positive. Um, don't feel work is work, it's a learning experience. We're privileged in what we do in that we do help people. Um, We're honored in that they've respected us enough to give us their matter, which is very important to them. Um, Treat everyone as is with the same level of respect. So, throughout my life, my career, I've had certain clients that have come in that you wouldn't expect to be anything, but The way I've treated them has always been the same and they've turned out to be some of my biggest clients. Um, So have that in mind. Don't judge a book by its cover.
1: Yeah, so always treat everybody with an equal amount of respect. And um, another question I wanted to ask you as a follow-up from that was, you said to always stay positive. Is there anything you do in particular to keep a positive mindset or, you know, if you're having a bad day, is there anything you do to rejig your mindset at all? Or
0: Um, uh, Look, I'm... Relatively active, um, the only times I get myself, not down, but if I'm not so positive is if I haven't been to the gym for a week or if I haven't done my boxing or something like that. So I would say if you stay active in your in your personal life, as in with some workouts and stuff, you should, the positiveness should stay in place
1: yeah and i definitely agree with that um i always find weeks where i see I'm... you at gym all the time yeah yeah um yeah that's funny you say that because i generally find in my weeks when i do feel like i'm down i'm like hang on a second i've been in the gym in like three days like mm. let's go smash a workout
0: <laughs> and afterwards you would be amazed how positive you feel
1: yeah so like I've, one of my methods was because i had i've had a few times in my life where i've maybe had some down times and Ways I pick myself back up from those was I always had this mindset, do something today that will make tomorrow a better day. And exercise is something you can always do to guarantee that.
0: It really is. And no matter what time you go, and I think I, I often go very late at nights because by the time I finish everything I do, I'm normally at the gym at 10, sometimes 11, sometimes even past midnight before I um, get to bed. I'm, I try to get my workout in every day. Um, and I see you there sometimes at 9 or 10 o'clock.
1: yeah. Um, I usually try to go in the morning myself, but um, sometimes I miss that morning session and that's where you see me in there at about 9 or 10 o'clock. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, my morning, I do do my boxing and stuff in the morning. So in the afternoon. And then I do my days and then nights is, at some stage, I try to do some weights.
1: Quick shout out to Doherty's Brunswick. I think it's the best gym I've ever stepped foot in.
0: It is a very good gym.
1: What do you think of all of the? When you it's see ranked all the,
0: in. Um, it's ranked in top ten in the world. In yeah,
1: the, I think it. I think the last one I saw it was second to um, Gold's Gym, the one in Brunswick.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: In, as a pure bodybuilding gym, I think. Yeah,
0: but, pure bodybuilding, and there's not there's not many of them around.
1: Yeah, what I love about it when you walk in there and you see all the bodybuilders on the wall, and if you ever want motivation for one more rep, you just look up and it's like, oh yeah, that guy works his fucking tail off every day. So. <laughs>
0: and even the, the some of the people that go there
1: just jacked. Did, did you catch any of the... Did you see any of the pros around when they had the Arnold going yeah, on? Yeah, they
0: did. It was... I found it humorous because when you go there, they had a... Like, I'm not sure if you saw it, but some of them had a whole camera crew around them filming mm-hmm. them whilst they're having a workout. And uh, it was a bit humorous. Yeah. And some of the girls that go there take... They take more time taking selfies in the mirror than they do a workout.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all for the Instagram brand building. <laughs>
0: it is. Yeah. It's a good gym, though.
1: Yeah, I saw um, Flex Wheeler and Rolly Winkler just standing in the corner. They were kind of secluded as well, just yeah. munching down chicken and rice. I was like, damn, they were big. When you see them in person, like, you know, you see them on stage, you think they're big. But when you see them in person, it's, yeah, amazing
0: how much time
1: and effort's gone in there.
0: Potentially other things as well.
1: Yeah. And... Okay, I guess I'm down here to my final point, which is I wanted to ask you about build for kids you're huh? a, a charity di- you're a director of this charity yes
0: we created that charity a good friend of mine created a charity from scratch
1: um, it's
0: an incorporated so quick little background i've kind of always been involved in charities i've had um, been involved in various charities sat on boards of various charities been involved in fundraisings and uh, crowd um, gala balls, a crown with help um, from scratch. Um, the last charity, which I'll remain nameless, um, I was involved in, I was a, bo- a board member of a great little charity. Um, they feed a thousand people a week, homeless people. Um, certain things happened that we helped, we did a big gala event and they got a lot of money and then once they got a lot of money, the way just went with the politics inside the board and what have you, it made me just want to step away. Mm. Uh, And I did step away. And I've seen that a few times. And unfortunately, um, when it gets to a point in certain charities, the people running the charity are there for their own, don't want to say purposes, they are helping, and I don't want to um, necessarily defame anyone, definitely don't. Um, But they're there sometimes for... A highlight on their resume, or um, for them to look good amongst their peers. Not for the purpose. Yeah, not not hundred percent for the purpose. Um, I don't talk about Bill for Kids. I know it's on some of the website material that um, our marketing people have put. Um, the reason I don't talk about it is I do not not to not for that purpose. It's purely for kids. So my mate and I have done a charity for. It's called Bill for Kids. We we're in, he's, in, he's a big developer himself, um, and we've got various ventures together as well. Um, and we basically, the last project we did, we bought a backyard, put a house on it, sold it, and all the profits went to the charity. From that profits now, um, we're going to be using that to do, a um, the idea is to do a ball this year. Um, balls, a crown, or those gala balls, are are good for brand awareness for the charity. They also do make you money as well, because whatever you, you're gonna be ahead no matter what. Um, and if you do charity items and things like that, you build this awareness for your charity, you make some money on it as well, and then you can move on to the next thing. So that's the next thing for a charity this year, hopefully a, a little ball.
1: Okay. So essentially it's about raising profits to then give to the charity. What does the charity do? So
0: yeah, um, So. The charity itself, um, we haven't gone through, there's two different tax deductions for charity. Deductible gift recipient, which is any donations you make to a charity is a total deduction, total um, tax deduction, Um, and then there's a charitable status, so which means it's tax exempt. We don't have the deductible gift recipient status, so what we're going to do with all the money that we raise, we're gonna give it to another charity, but not give it to another charity. So for example, go to, Children's Hospital and say, what do you need? And they might say, we need this machine. We're gonna buy them the machine. So I wanna see the end of where our money goes. We don't wanna give money to a charity or a purpose. We wanna so, go to a schooling event and go, what do you guys need, a homeless shelter for kids or something like that and say exactly what they need for, it's gotta be benefit for kids. So as the be benefit for children? Um, we're gonna buy or buy whatever they need effectively and gift it it to
1: them. Okay, so it's nothing with any particular, nothing necessarily particularly set in stone or any restrictions. It's, hey, we've raised this money. What can we do for you? Yeah. The way of being a service, yeah?
0: Yeah. And not necessarily giving them the money. We don't want to ever give another charity money um, or the Royal Children's Hospital, for example, give them the money. Um, We'd rather say we need an ultrasound machine, and go buy him the ultrasound machine.
1: Okay. That's powerful. And is there anything um, a listener can do to support uh, your cause?
0: Uh, when the ball is released, buy tickets.
1: Okay. When When is that ball going to be? Do we have any dates? Or uh,
0: I believe we've got a person, we've got a, a company helping us with it. Um, both me and my friend, the co-founder, a bit busy for our personal life, so they're going to be helping run the event uh and they're talking to crowns for dates so it'll be little, the later half of the year okay yeah it should be fun they're fun nights too
1: yeah okay well it's been great I and mean, it's been thank an you, awesome zach. conversation i think there's a lot people can take away from this one thank you very much and it was a pleasure, it was a pleasure.
0: thanks zach